Greetings, welcome, and good day. You are now tuned into the eighth episode of the Season Vet Podcast. I'm so happy you can make it to another chapter of this show. This week, we're joined by an enlisted engineer turned Navy nurse. Like many, Jay enlisted in the Navy straight out of high school. Like many, she thought she would only be around for one enlistment. Like many, she's making rank and sticking around to make a career out of it. One of the first lessons Jay had to learn was to stand up for herself in the face of an incompetent, negligent, and you guessed it, racist chain of command. And now, after 13 years of service, she shares this and many other lessons with her subordinates, or her children, as she lovingly refers to them. When I showed up to Jay's house for this interview, she was dressed to the nines and had a face that was beat to the gods. This is one of those times I really hate that I didn't get a picture of the guest to post to the video. Jay is a diva, a treat, and a doll. And that's why I named this episode, This Barbie is a Nurse. Friend! Hi. Hey, how's it going now? I'm good, how are you? Very well, very well. Top of the morning to you. <laughs> good morning. What, what a way to start the day, huh? Yes, yes. I don't even think the sun is all the way up. Uh, it's well, we're up. up. Look, it's up enough. It's up enough. Uh, in the words of the great Cardi B. <laughs> it's if, it's up. Up. if it's up, then it's stuck. Thank you. So, I think you told me to refer to you as Jay. Mm-hmm. All right, Jay. Uh, Jay. Yes. What is your connection to the service? Military brat. So, my uh, grandfather served. My dad served. All three of his sisters served. Um, and my stepdad serves. So, naturally, one of the grandkids or third generation is going to serve. So. Gee whiz. Yeah. You've got a legacy on you. Yeah, a little bit. So were you all uh, in the same branch? or, or y'all... No, my um, grandfather, he was in the Navy. My dad was in the Navy. My two aunts was in the Air Force. Yeah. And my stepdad is in the Army. Right on. Yeah. All right, so like no Coast Guard? No Coast Guard. We, uh, we all decided we wanted to go to the actual military. Wow. <laughs> in my face. Yeah. All right. Hey, you know what? I have Coast Guard listeners, and uh, they're only going to beat me up for that one. Right. <laughs> so you safe. It's okay. Y'all tried. Y'all tried it. We are doing the best we can, okay? Yes. It was just like, it was like, oh, I really, it's like a, I want to go to the military, but not really. Like, that's what it is. It's like, y'all giving it a test run. I'm going to get beat up so hard for this one. <laughs> They like you not even trying to defend us. No, I'm not. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you don't mind, how long have you been in in the service? Oh, this November be 13 years. Get it, get yes. it. Come on, rank. Get it towards retirement. Get it, get it. So you're staying in the uh, the full 30 or the full 20? That depends on this year, actually. So I'm submitting for the NCP program, which is a nurse commissioning program. If I get accepted, I just finished my degree. So if I get accepted, then I'll be suspending my enlisted time. And then I'll be finishing school for 18 months. Then officer development school for five weeks. And then I'll commission in 2025. And from there, I have to commit 10 years. And if I decide to do more, then I'll do more. But we'll see. So right now, my future is looking like at least 23 years. Come on, girl. You better get it. An educated sister. Come on, degree. Since you got your degree yes. and you know everything, <laughs> <laughs> come on, love it. I love to see it. Love to see it. The next question is: Was this branch your first choice? It was not. 
Oh, now what? No, uh, Air Force was actually my first choice. All right. Yeah, so I wanted, I've always wanted to do Air Force just because I'm not a big fan of water. And it's not <laughs> because I'm a black or cliche. It's just, Did honestly, you call yourself a black? <laughs> I mean, I'm just not the black cliche. I mean, now that I know how to swim, I love to swim. It's just at the time, I just really didn't know how to swim. So the idea of being in an ocean scares the hell out of Actually, my worst fear is spiders and whales. Don't okay. ask me why. It's just no, no. Those are is. legitimate fears. And yeah, because it's just like ugh, being in the water. Like it's some big ass creatures in there, and then a lot of the fucking sea. We don't even know what's in it. Like what? I think it's like only like ninety percent of the ocean hasn't been discovered yet, or some mm-hmm. shit like that. So mm-hmm. we don't know what's in the water. It's like, what if I fall in? Like we don't know what might get me. Did so you- it was just like I ain't fucking with. Well, it's not that we're fucking with water because I love a pool. I ain't fucking with the ocean and the sea and like I'm not doing that. But, you know, Air Force at the time was over man in 09. And when I tried to join, they was like, oh, you can join, but there's going to be a nine month wait before you go to boot camp. And I was just like, no. And then Navy that's literally right next door. He hear it. And then he's like, (laughs) oh, we can get you in like two months. So I'm like, well, the Navy was my second choice. So here I am. Maybe. It is so weird that you would say that. Yeah. There was a branch of service that was overmanned. Yeah. I bet they regret that now. Yeah. yeah. They letting people just walk yeah, in. Like, in with anything. Like, I know somebody, I think somebody made like a 14 or something like Jesus. that. <laughs> and they let them in. They like, were like, you're actually too smart. Let's, <laughs> let's get it. It's just like, even now, me, and, me being in the position I'm in now, and these new sailors are coming in in 20, I think anybody joining at 2019 is, is suspect. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. How did you even get in? I meet these sailors and we have an introduction and we're talking and I'm just like. <laughs> anybody. I, just let, they, they let anybody like, in. They, they really, like, I don't know if this person knows how to walk a true gun. It's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Look, we, we down bad. All branches. It, it really we, is. we down bad. I, but I think what it is is because these kids, a lot of these are COVID kids. You know, they graduate around COVID. <laughs> Or whatever. you right. That was their time to grow up. They missed their opportunity to step into adulthood because the world got shut down. Um, and now they're in the real world. And, you know, military provides security and uh, financial stability and stuff like that. So then they're just joining, not knowing what they're getting themselves into. Right, they right. spoiled as hell. <laughs> and it's like, you want me to be at work at seven? Oh, my God. Like, it's, so, like, it's almost impossible. Like, yeah. Motherfucker, no. I can get up at 4.30. It's not about... I got to be here at 6.30. Like, you got it. You can make it. You that's because you got rank. Like, they don't have rank. Why? But that's why we got you at 7. <laughs> they was like, no. You and was somebody. That's that's why you showing up to work early. And they was like, hey, just show up on time. <laughs> just just sit here and be available when I need you. Be in the right uniform. That's all I'm asking you to do. The bare minimum. That's too much, ABF1. Like, I'm going to show up. In the wrong uniform, it's gonna be dirty. Mm-mm. I'm gonna be late, Mm-mm. and then I gotta cry about it. I just <laughs> okay, sure, do you look? And that's why you day later, <laughs> so you can you can get them in shape. I, I would just get rid of at least sixty percent. Wow, she said over half, huh? Hell yeah, over half. <laughs> Oh, yeah, most most definitely. Maybe more than 60. <laughs> Two-thirds of y'all got to go. <laughs> a lot of y'all got to really go. A lot of y'all really got to go. 
Okay, ABF what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that answer. <laughs> How do you feel about your time in uniform so far? Does any particular time period stand out to you? There has definitely been more good times than bad in my time in uniform. I think what stands out most to me was the beginning of my career. Mm-hmm. Because at the time, I was a 17-year-old Mississippi girl, country, don't know nothing about the world. <laughs> I'm not of the world at all. <laughs> I was a wholesome little teenage girls. I think I was like 98 pounds when I joined. <laughs> and my ass was like, when I leave home, I'm leaving home. For, well, for one, my mom didn't believe I wanted to join the military. She didn't think I was leaving because me and my mom was the closest growing up. And she just didn't think I was going to go. But I was dead serious about going. And so when I did get accepted and I did go to boot camp and everything, she didn't think I would stay so far away. Because my school was in Florida, and which was uh, Pensacola, Florida, which was only like a two-hour drive from Mississippi. Two and some change, almost three. Yeah. So she was just like, you know, I'm close. She came and visited me almost every weekend or I went home every weekend or whatever. But then when I told her I got orders to Japan, she just, I don't know, I think she was in denial a little bit because I don't know if she kept thinking that it was going to change or whatever, but I got hard copies. Like, it's an official snap on it. I'm going to Japan. (laughs) And she just didn't want to accept it until I got on the plane. And I took that 26-hour flight over there. Lord. And I'm happy and I'm excited. I keep telling her, you know, it's going to be okay. I'm going to come home all the time, blah, 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 blah. Until I landed there. That first week was tough. For me, because time difference, mm-hmm. like that disconnect, I'm 17 years old. I don't know nothing of the world. Half the people over there don't speak English. Mm-hmm. I don't know anybody over there. I don't have friends yet. So I was terrified. I cried for like the first three months. I was trying to do anything and everything I could to get back home. Because it was just like, we just can't just send you back home. That's not how that <laughs> works. I felt like nobody over there back then in that Navy in 2011, they didn't give a fuck about your feelings. Like, no. Like, there was none of what we, they do that hand-holding shit now. They don't do none of that shit back then. So, basically, they just told me to suck that shit up. Like, you're going to be all right. You'll develop. You'll, you'll adapt soon enough. And I'm just like, I felt so just not hurt. I just wanted to go home. Like, oh, I just really wanted to go home. But I started making friends. Mm-hmm. I started to develop a life, develop a routine. Mm-hmm. And before I knew it, I only had three years orders over there, but I OTEP to extend over there because I did not want to leave. What? Yeah, I wanted to stay. I ended up doing a little bit over four years in Japan. You got there and liked it. I did. I loved it. I learned to snowboard over there. Black people don't <laughs> snowboard, but I was snowboarding every weekend. We was going camping and shit. You like, went camping? Yeah, I climbed Mount Fuji twice. Get out of here. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. That's my little Mount Fuji stick over there. Get it. Yeah, so well, it was it was definitely a time of learning and developing my own independence. And I was so afraid to do that, to step into my adulthood and like defend myself because I've always, always had my mom. Always, always, always had my mom. And I had to learn to be without her. And I had to learn to stand on my own two feet. And me joining the Navy, my first tour definitely taught me that. Come definitely on. taught me that. So I'm grateful for that. I love this. Yes. Yes. That was a lot of growth. It was a lot of growth. Trust <laughs> and, me, and it really- was a lot of growth. <laughs> it was a lot. They sent a 17-year-old to... What part of Japan? Was it Okinawa or no, Osaka? No, I, I was in Yakuska, Japan. Come on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I traveled all over Japan. And Japan ain't nothing but this big. <laughs> so I've been all over there. Couldn't just bullet train to almost anywhere, so... Right on. Yeah. Right on. It's a good time. Look, it sounds like you had a damn good time. I did. Come I'm on, snowboarding. To- Tokyo is a mess, y'all. Stay away from Rapungi. <laughs> It don't mean you no good out there. <laughs> PSA. <laughs> yeah, to let y'all know. 
all y'all new people coming in, I'm like, ooh, that shit sound fun. Stay away from Tokyo. Rapungi <laughs> is telling you. Y'all. Is that the red light district? No, I'm kidding. No, nah, it might be. Considered over there, yeah, sure. Vegas ain't got shit on Rapungi. Okay, well, this place just sounds fun now. No, trust me. It is not. Talking about the city that never sleeps. That motherfucker really gonna never shut down. <laughs> How do you think your experience in uniform could have been improved or can be improved? I would say before it could have been improved if I was not so set on my ways of thinking. Like I said, I come from a very closed environment. All I knew was Mississippi. So my way of thinking, I was not used to the melting pot. I was not used to other people's ideas and opinions and how they see the world and where they come from and all that. I just didn't understand that. It was just literally a ignorance, just a lack of information. I think if I knew then what I know now, for one, my career development would have been a lot quicker because okay. I've been in 13 years and I just put on first class. Whoop, so, whoop, come on. Like, according to Navy standards, that's tracking. But me, I've always been an overachiever and I've always wanted to be always ahead of the game. So for me, that, that took too long for me. But I think, like I said, it was my mindset at the time. I, it was just ignorance, just a lack of information. I didn't know I didn't understand the concept of the melting pot. People coming from different walks of life, mm -hmm. dealing with so many different personalities, so many different people, so many different ethnicities, all that good stuff. So it's it was it definitely slowed me down. Not too much, hell, you about to be a nurse. Yeah, well, that's true. That's <laughs> Look. True. That is true. Wait, I've always been resilient, though. I've okay. I've always been resilient. Come on, resilience. So it's always a backup plan. The Navy shit was not moving fast enough for me, so I was like, okay, so... If this shit don't work out, what am I going to do? So, yeah, I had that plan always in, in that. And then the Navy sent me to school for free. So, Hell perfect. Yeah. That was perfect. Now, the what can I... What, what was the question again? <laughs> How do you think your experience could be improved? Oh, now. <laughs> people at work say I'm combative. And they don't mean it as I'm argumentative or like I want a problem. What it is is I don't like constructive criticism. And I don't. I really don't. I like for people, like, don't get me wrong, I'm, I, it's not that I can't, I can't follow, I can't be a part of the team, I most definitely can, I definitely can take somebody taking the role of a leader and me following them, that's no problem. Mm -hmm. I guess I don't like how certain things are communicated, because at the end of the day, for one, I don't look my age, I don't look my age. I can stand in, in a crowd of 19 to 24 and fit in, but I'm not 19 and I'm not 24, I'm I mean, a grown ass woman, I'm 31 years old. And I think that's the problem. Most people meet me and they don't know. <laughs> like they see me, they see my face and they they associate it with a younger crowd who, oh, she's a young girl that does put on rank. And I'm like, no, I'm not a 23 year old first class. Like I've been here and I've been doing this just as long as you have. And I think they talk to me and sometimes treat me as if I'm a fucking child. Mm. And I need to learn to better handle myself in those types of situations. <laughs> Because at that time, I don't give a fuck what rank you are. <laughs> I'm going to tell you exactly what the fuck I feel. And you're going to listen. Or we're not going to have this conversation. So, this is like, you know, you just get way too offended so easily. And I was like, I don't think, I think y'all soft as fuck. Like, <laughs> you can sit here and tell me some shit. But when I say some shit, now I'm combative. Like, get the fuck out of here. So. Also, I, she's I, right. She doesn't look her age, y'all. She's, but also, this is a black lady show, and you know, black don't crack. So, right. like, duh, th this is like the norm. Of course, she doesn't look her age. That's normal. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the norm for everybody outside of black race. We don't, you know. 
We don't age like milk. We don't. <laughs> We like grits or something. It's never expired. <laughs> Tell me about a time when you experienced something, either good or bad, that you know to be unique to you because you are a black woman. All right. So I'm going to get a little deep. Come on. All right. We can get it. So my second command, mm-hmm. right? So so yeah. outside of Japan. Yep. Did my tour in Japan. Now I'm back stateside. And I was actually back here in Norfolk, Virginia, which is another reason I really don't like this place. <laughs> um... <laughs> Did you say Norfolk? Norfolk. Norfolk. Oh, okay. Whatever okay. it is. However y'all say it. I'm not a Virginian, so I don't know. But, yeah, I was uh, I was out with some friends one night. Well, I was going out to meet some friends one night in um, the ODU district. And they we were going to this little uh, hole-in-the-wall, little, little small club, this small little setting. We've been there before. Had a few drinks. It was a good little vibe. Mm-hmm. And, um... I was meeting them there. Hold on. ODU district is Old Dominion University district. Yeah. So like the college district here. All right. Yeah. Go ahead. So I was meeting them out there at the time I was 24, I want to say. Yeah, I was 24. I was pulling out. I was meeting them at the spot. These are all my military friends. Mm-hmm. And um, I go into their, I go into the uh, club and I, did, I couldn't see them. So I, I, uh, well, I couldn't find them. So I did the lap around the club maybe two or three times, called their phone, no one was answering, so I decided I was just going to leave. I don't know where yet. They were already drunk when they called me, so I knew wow. then it was going to be difficult. Cause these are the type of friends, like, we were like we were super young back then, yeah. and when we was drunk, like, we was just all over the place. Like, we was just <laughs> so irresponsible. So There's um, no such thing as a responsible 20-year-old, yeah, so, yeah. So, um, <laughs> I, was, uh, I did my last lap, and then I was leaving the club, and I was headed back to my car, and, um, I guess these two guys in the club saw me and saw I looked a little lost. So they decided to follow me to my car. Then they attacked me. And it was a sexual assault, but it wasn't the sexual act or was it harassment? I can't, I don't really understand the difference between it. They tried to sexually assault me, but me being me, that shit was not finna fly. So I fought back or whatever. And I, I ended up getting away. I was one of the lucky ones to get away out of that situation but in the midst of all that I did suffer like a some like some serious injuries especially to my face I end up uh going home well actually no I ended up driving to a gas station after that and then my friends did finally call me back and at the time they're like calling me loud you know happy like where you at blah 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 and then they hear that I'm clearly upset and so the one that I was talking to he leaves the group and he comes to check on me and he sees me and my face is bloody and all this other shit so he's like you know what happened and then I tell him what happened and then he took me home and then um you know he was kind of like nursing my wounds and he was like you need to report this blah 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 so I call the police and Norfolk is so weird because where it happened and I lived in Virginia Beach when I called the police, it was the Virginia Beach Police, and they told me I would have to drive back to Norfolk to make the report in Norfolk because it was out of the district. I don't know. It's It was so what? weird. And at this point, like, my face is leaking. I'm hurting. Like, it's, like, 2-something in the morning. I really don't want to go anywhere, but I'm not going to let this shit slide. And my friend was like, no, because their DNA still might be on you. You need to go report it. You don't need to sleep it off or whatever. So we got back in the car. We drove back to Norfolk. It's like the Walmart in the Norfolk area. And then I did my report there. But it was embarrassing enough being in front of Walmart and there's a cop swabbing my face and people walking. In front of the fucking Walmart? Yeah. It was, I was just ready to go home. But that's not even the situation. My situation was, my issue was with the Navy and how they handled it. Okay. Or my chain of command at the time and how they handled it. So 
after all that's done, he takes the report, he swabs my face and all that good stuff. He gives me a case number, he gives me a police report, blase, blase, and then he goes on about his way. We go back home, my friend stays the night with me. The, well, the next morning I had to work, I think I had duty. And um, I told my friend, I was like, hey, obviously I'm not going to fucking duty. So um, at that time I was a third class, he was a second class. I was like, can you call up there and let them know that I'm not coming? I don't want you to give too, many, too much detail, but let them know that I will call them and I will let them know what's going on with me later. But right now, like, I'm exhausted. It's almost 4 o'clock in the morning. My face hurts. Like, I just want to take some painkillers and I want to just crash. He's like, yeah, no problem. I got you. But mind you, he was drunk. He was drunk when he came to pick me up. So he passes out on my couch. And I take some shit that's going to knock me out. So the next morning I wake up. He's still on the couch sleep. Wow. And my phone is like blowing up because everybody's looking for me. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I understand completely, and now, especially now as a supervisor, why they're worried, why they're blowing you up or whatever. So first thing I do is I call the ship, and then I let them know, hey, I'm not coming in because I just went through something last night. I have a police report. I will send it over to you guys, but right now I'm tired. My body is hurting. I'm just tired. And they was like, what happened? I was like, I really don't want to get into it over the phone. And I was like, but I will have, uh, at the time I did tell my mom about it. I was like, I have my mom reach out. She can fill you in. But right now I don't feel like talking about it. And so my mom, she did. She called the, she called the command and she told the, she told my immediate chain of command what happened. And they called me back and was like, you still need to come in. We need to see you. <laughs> so that really pissed me off yeah. because now me too being a, a sexual assault uh, prevention response coordinator myself, like, I am now a separate uh, victim advocate. Mm-hmm. That's the last thing you want to fucking do to somebody who's been through something like that. Right. Why would you make them come into work after they just told you what happened to them? Right. After they told you, hey, my face, all this stuff is, like, busted up. I don't want to come in. People looking at me a certain type of way and all of this shit. So it's like, um, well, you still need to come in. You need to make a report. You need to do this. You need to do that. Blah, blah, blah. And I said, I'll do all that when on my time when right. I'm ready. You can't make me. You can't tell right. me this is what I have to do. I don't have to do shit if I don't want to. Right. So either way, at the time, I'm a little naive. I'm only 24. I'm just a third class. So I take my ass to the ship. Lips busted. Nose busted. Black eyes. Like, scarred on my cheek. So I'm just like, I get up there, trying my best to hide my face. And then go into the office, and the first thing they ask me is, why wouldn't you call this in? Because you know we had to count you, you A. And I'm just looking at it. Wow. Like, Motherfuckers, do you see my face? Well, shouldn't, are you okay? Be the wow. first fucking thing that you say to me? Right. So, immediately I was annoyed. So, I just, I just clammed up. I just don't talk. I just look at them. And they take that as, oh, she's at it. She got an attitude. She, wow. She's confrontational. Like, she has that black bitterness kind of thing because all of these were white people yeah that i was working for at the time sounds like it yeah and so i just i just don't say anything to them at all and then so at the time um they actually tried to like send me up to mass wow because i didn't report anything and i it was uh i was ua for duty fucking wow (laughs) so um after that that situation happened um i asked them could i go home they said no Baby, I can go to the birthing and go to sleep in my rack. Wow. So I did. I, at the time, like I said, I didn't know like 
how much power I really had or that I didn't have to tolerate that at that time. I just was doing as my superior officer told me to do. So I go I go lay down on my rack. And then um, when I did get up later that day, I did report it. I went down to medical. I told them, hey, you know, I didn't, like, physically, anything didn't happen to me. But I did get in a scuffle or whatever. They ripped my shirt, my top, and stuff like that. And so um, they said they wanted to do a rape kit on me anyway. It's just a waste of product at that point. Yeah. So we did, we did, we did the rape, rape kit or whatever. Then I go down to security, and I'm giving my statement and everything. And then um, I told them I had a police report. I had bought it. So um, they said that at the time there was nothing they can do about it until the civilian side was to close their case because apparently you can't have two cases open at once about the same situation or something like that. So mm-hmm. we had to wait till Norfolk Police did their investigation of it, closed the case, and then I can open up a new case with um, the Navy. But after that, um, I went to JAG, and that's the uh, legal officer on board. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm happy. Because at this point, almost everybody in my command knew what happened to me. I'm now walking around with scars and stuff, so obviously people are coming up to me, asking me conversations and shit like that that I really don't want to talk about and I don't want to have. Your chain of command was trash. Yeah, it's fucked. So, yeah. obviously, I know the only way you guys would know is if they said something. Right. So, I went to my drag and I was like, hey, look, something happened to me a few a few weeks ago. And, because, like, maybe, like, two weeks has passed by now. And, you know, a lot of people on the ship knows about it, especially people in my job that I work with. They know about it. They're always asking me questions, making me very uncomfortable. And I don't want to be in that division anymore. I want to be moved to a different department is what I asked them originally. And so they sat me down and they was like, go tell me everything that happened. So I go over it again, what happened from the assault to all the way up into that current time. Mm-hmm. And they said, ABF3, do you want to be here? I was like, what do you mean? And they was like, if you don't, they said the way that that whole situation was handled was completely wrong. And let me be the first to apologize. They was like, but do you know you have options? If you don't want to be here no more, you don't have to get switched to another department. You can leave, like, this command. Right on. And, like, soon. I was like, what do you mean? It was like, if you don't want to be here, you want to be around family or something. They was like, we can send you to Mississippi. Oh, my God. You what have do you options. Do? Yeah, we're like, what do you want to do? It's like, have anybody not talked to you about it? I had. I was like, I have no idea. It was like, do you even have a, 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 a sapper, vic, victim advocate? I was like, no. They was like, do you know what that is? I was like, no. Wow. So... <laughs> They was like, wow. And they was like, okay, well, these are your options. We have counsel available for you. We have somebody to help you walk you through this process, blah, 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 blah. So that day I got signed a Sapper victim advocate who was great, by the way. Right on. Good. And then, um, and she was a white girl, but she was really good. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, hey, sometimes you right. run into a good one. Right. <laughs> And so then um, Jag was like, after t- uh, talking with my, my victim advocate and all that good stuff, Jag was like, hey, you know, have you made a decision? Do you want to just switch to another department or do you want to leave the command? At the time, I really just wanted to be around my family. So I was like, I want to leave. And it was okay. Do you want to go to Mississippi? I said, no, I don't want to leave that bad. <laughs> I love Mississippi, but no, thank you. So I was like, is there anywhere I can just be close to Mississippi? They was like, yeah. They was like, uh, where are you thinking? They was like, this is your option. You can go to New Orleans. You can do this. You can do that. I thought about New Orleans, but I was like, nah, it's still too close to home. I was like, can I do Jacksonville, Florida? And Jack, everybody want to go to Jacksonville. <laughs> so she was like, I think I can make that happen for you. Right on. So literally after the day I talked to Jack, 10 days later, I was in Jacksonville moving to my new apartment. And fuck that whole command. Right. Man. And that Cheney command. But a lot of them got into a lot of trouble about how they handled it. Good. But again, like I said, I think it was my demeanor. And they made, they made me, they had already made an opinion about me. So when I got into my situation and I came to them with it, 
they weren't concerned about my safety or my ment- my mentality at the time or anything like that. They was just like, oh, we finally got her on something. She don't show up for duty. She don't call. We're just like, how the fuck you gonna send somebody who's just been up, who just been through some shit like that? Right. Try to send them the mask for not showing up fucking duty. There's no sane person in the world is gonna grant you that. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? These people are trash. All of them. (laughs) Everybody in your chain of command was garbage. At that time, hell yeah. So, yeah, after that situation, I'll just. I became bitter towards the Navy a little bit. For good reason. Yeah, but just learning the process, like I said, after I found out about all these different options and avenues that I had, I did my study on it. And I did, I continued counseling for about a year after that. And it definitely made me a better person. It made me more knowledgeable. Right on. I wasn't as ignorant. The lack of information, I, that's one thing I tell my junior self all the time. Absorb as much information as you can. Because the more you know, the more you grow. So... Help was out there and right. you just didn't even know about it because right. no one told no one told me. You didn't know what you didn't yeah. know. Like and that was an unfair situation yeah. even being. Yeah. You didn't know that there was information being withheld from you. Right. Right. Okay. And also I'm gonna say that it wasn't your demeanor, it was their demeanor. Right. Like it right. was them being garbage. Because when you go through a situation like that, fuck your demeanor. Fuck whatever like right. attitude they perceive you to be having exactly. at that time. What's more important is what you just went through. Be. Exactly. Yeah. Fuck these people. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope they're all uh, <laughs> kicked out of the Navy. Uh, <laughs> trash ass command. When you brought complaints to your chain of command, do you feel that you were hurt? Now they listen. Good. <laughs> they better I fucking make listen. I their asses listen <laughs> Good. now. Good. But no, as a as a young a young black woman before, no, they don't really give you much opportunity or hope to hear that that you're going to be heard at all because it's it's the mission it's always about the mission it's always you know their way your way doesn't really exist and to they always say it's about the mission when it's it's pertaining to you right and to a certain (laughs) degree i understand what they mean mean because the, the navy is like a certain standard or whatever but however comma like People are different. Yeah. Mindsets are different. Like, even now with my junior slaves, I know I complain about them a lot. <laughs> I, but I love them to death. All of them are like my babies, honestly. And they all don't, they don't call me ABF1. Well, they do in the eyes of, like, we got mixed company, obviously. Right. They're going to be respectful. But when it's just us, I'm Mama J. Like, they already know. <laughs> and so, like, they my kids. They get on my nerves. But I love them to death. But I understand they're all different. And they have a different mindset. And some of them really want to, they just want to know why they're doing the shit that we have to do. So I give them that platform to talk, give me their opinions, why they feel the way they feel. Like mm-hmm. I said, it gives me an opportunity to understand them more and gives me an opportunity to be a better leader to them. Because some of my sailors, I can just say, hey, go do this, go knock this out, blah, blah, blah. They're going to say, copy that, ABF1 or mama or whatever. And they just going to go get it done. <laughs> Easiest kids in the world. This, that's the, that's the, the 30 I would keep. <laughs> that's the 30 I would keep but the other ones they like I got listen I know you having a tough day I know you had to get out of bed and we made you drive here I know you already aggravated I can tell <laughs> and listen, I just need you to take care of this for me real quick and then I'm gonna put you on like an hour break and then you just come back and check in with me that way you could go get on your TikTok you can go <laughs> do whatever you need to do and then you just come check back in with me in an hour after you get this done though I was like, is that fair? Well, how do you want me to do it? Like, does it have to be all the way done, right? Or can I do half and then come back, do my hour and then come back and do that? No, I need you to do the whole thing first. Because while you're on your hour break, I'm going to show Chief that it got accomplished. And I'm going to see if we can get up out of here early. But, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. 
Come you think she's gonna know? You think you're gonna let us out? I was like, well, you know, that depends on how good of a job you do. <laughs> like, I have to like coach, sit them down. Like some of them, I just have to have those conversations. You have and patience. It's annoying. I love it, but <laughs> it gives me the results that I'm looking for. Right on. So I feel like at the end of the day, we're Navy as a, I mean, we're military. We're part of the military. We're Navy as a whole. Yes, there is a standard way of doing things. Yes, but. People are still, like, we're just not sailors. They, they are people first. They're the person first. Yes. And you have to talk and relate to the person before you can relate to the sailor. Yes. So that's just my philosophy of it. Because, like I said, me growing up in the Navy, I didn't have that type of leader. And when I said I wanted to be a leader, I was going to be that type. Whenever I got into that position, I was going to be that type of leader. Because I understand how young girl coming out of Mississippi, they don't know the shit about shit. <laughs> but now I know better, so I have to do better. And I try to teach that back to my siblings back at home, my nieces and nephews. Just because they're not going to learn that at home. I know how home is. They're not going to get it. So if I know better, like maybe I can do something or spark something in somebody back at home. To like start to think differently, think outside of Mississippi because Mississippi is not the end all be all. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely want to like. I definitely like to hear my sales point of view. Sometimes it's funny as fuck. And some days like I'm just not as patient, and I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about none of that. We got to do. I got a date tonight. I'm ready to go home. Like you fucking complaining about some bullshit. You finna go do this shit, and I don't want to hear shit else about it. They know, but they know when I'm in that mood. Like just don't say nothing else. Like just go do it. She's just not having it today. But majority of the time, they know I'm chill as fuck. So you know how to talk to your junior sailors. I do. That's I know what's how up. To relate to them. Good. They're my little babies. <laughs> so would you say that you are a better leader than the ones you grew up under? Most definitely. They fucking suck. <laughs> ass look after the story you just told me yeah they- like seriously they probably like the reason they're part of the reason why the military is in such high demand now because most people go to their first commands and the fucking chain of command is so trash they get out thinking that this is all the navy is yep. and that yep. this is the worst of the worst i'm not heard here i'm not somebody here and i want to get out so they do their first command and then they get the fuck out right and now we hurt it's like, yep. you got to make people, give them something to believe in, make them realize, like, the Navy is, well, for one, any job is a stepping stone. It's not something that you should dread having to come to and do. Like, honestly, if it wasn't for the time, we would be straight. Like, the fact <laughs> they want us up so goddamn early is really the problem. That is the problem. <laughs> I don't know who is listening, <laughs> if we could change anything, we need to change working hours. Like, we could do nine to five, like, all the rest of these regular people in the world. <laughs> that is what duty section is for. So Thanks. there's no useful time for y'all coming in that early? There's no real reason for y'all to be there at 5 o'clock in the morning? To me, no. Like, <laughs> they be like, oh, you got to have a muscle report in by 9. Who said that? Like, who said it had to be by 9 o'clock? The same people that's going to show up at 7 is going to show up at 9. So we can do muscle report by 11. Like, what are you talking about? 7 o'clock? Until 4 o'clock every day? Like, we don't have no time. By the time you fight Virginia traffic... You get home, you're mm-hmm. exhausted, you ain't got no time for your family, you ain't mm-hmm. got no time for your kids, you ain't got no time for yourself. Mm-hmm. You just literally become the Navy, and that's it. And you you up, I get up at 4.45 or 4.30 every morning, mm. because I have to drive 37 minutes to the base, mm-hmm. I have to get up, I have to get myself ready for the day, I have to eat here, because right now we can't eat on the ship, so I have to eat at home, make sure at night I cook something to take to work the next day. By the time I get to work, the sun is not up yet. And by the time I'm going home, the sun is setting. 
That is ridiculous. And then they was like, oh, y'all get Saturday and Sunday. If you don't got duty. <laughs> what, what the fuck? I was like, when do we get to be people? Ever. Look, y'all, she just gave us a rundown of her average day. And I don't doubt any part of that. She says she eats here. Look, this is the cleanest kitchen. <laughs> this is nothing. Dirty dishes in the sink right now. <laughs> Look. All right. I overlooked that because the rest of the kitchen looks so nice. <laughs> but everything is, she is organized. Uh, yeah, when she says she organized. makes her meals, I, I believe there is meal prep. She looks like a very organized person and all put together. She, and also she's a goddamn Barbie doll. <laughs> <laughs> she said, she says she looks young. Is a reason for it. She actually does look very young. <laughs> All right. That brings us to our next. That was actually a pretty good transition. Uh, recruitment and retention is down across all the branches and with all the demographics. Black women are not excluded from that. Mm-hmm. This was true even before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Why do you think black women are so disinterested in joining the military? Oh, God. <laughs> why, are, why would we be running to join the military? Like... That's actually a good question. Yeah, why would we join so this shit? <laughs> I will say this. Outside, even outside the military, just black women, all America do not protect black women at all. Come on. It's made to tear us down. It's made us look like monsters. That's a word. What's crazy is, though, all of these women want to be us. Come on. So bad. A word. A word. But you don't respect us. Like, I just don't understand it. A I word. don't understand. I, I never, I, like, you have no idea how many times I've ran into women, men. All kinds of people's like, oh my God, you're so pretty, or you're so beautiful to be a black woman, and who mm. does your hair, who does your makeup, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I do all this shit myself. And then they're just like, um, it's all glory. It's all glory. Yeah, of course. But <laughs> I was like, baby, if you walk one day in my shoes, like, get the fuck out of here. We're the most unheard, unrespected people. Come on. And if, you, if we want to say our opinions or we want to put our ideas and thoughts out there, we're combative, we're yep. aggressive. We're, yep. Like, I'm just like, yep. how do you idolize something you hate so much? So it much. Just, it minds fuck me. Like, <laughs> I, I don't understand it. And what's crazy is, unfortunately, and I, I love my black kings, but mm-hmm. them too. Like, yep. it's it's yeah. it's insane to me. You guys come from black women, but y'all disrespecting y'all de- y'all devalue black women so badly. The lack of and protection. It is. I don't know. You're right. I don't know, but that's probably why I'm 31 and single. <laughs> because I cannot. I can't deal. Because I'm you have happy. standards. I'm very happy. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Y'all don't know out there. I live very well. Look, I'm in this kitchen right now. I do not need a man to take care of me. Like she's single by choice, y'all. She's got definitely (laughs) single by choice, and I just I'm not with the bullshit. I'm not with the fuckery. I'm not. She's a Barbie doll in a nice house. She she is single by choice. And I'm just not about to be. Also, I saw that car. Oh yeah, come on. One of three. One of three. Girl, I'm I'm done with you. But just, just, yeah, I just, I know my value. If nobody else don't know it, that's completely fine. But I know my value. I'm not going to be your baby mama. I'm not, I just, I'm not going to deal with it. So, yeah, happily single. No, I am not looking. Nope, I'm not. Unless you're talking about something real serious and your mindset is on my, on my level, it's not going to happen. Come on. It's not going to happen. A word. That's just, that's just how I feel about it. No, we're not running to get to the damn Navy. We're not even appreciated at home. I'm not finna run to the to the white man's army and fight. For who? Y'all don't fight for me. Why am I fighting for you? Right, no. right. I mean, I'm here now. 
I'm in it, but I'm trying to make the difference that, that I can while I'm in it. Word. But come on. Would I suggest it? That's a hard question. Actually, no. that's, that that brings me to my next question. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> if you had a daughter or any young impressionable black girl in your life that you cared about and she was considering a life in the military, would you try to talk her out of joining or would you let her join? And it sounds like you have some young black ladies in your life. I do. I have a lot of young black women in my life, actually. Mm-hmm. And one of them, she did just join. Okay. And um, But she's doing really good. What, not, what branch? She's Navy. Yes, yeah, just she just graduated literally like two, three weeks ago. She just came home. I seen her for a little bit. Shout out to you, baby girl. You know who I'm talking to. <laughs> so, um, would I encourage it or would I discourage it? I don't. That's a hard question for me because, like I said, my situation was different because I needed to get out of, out of Mississippi to like open up my mind and my perspective, mm-hmm. and it did just that. But okay. that's not everybody's experience. And if you don't have the strong mind to deal with half the shit that I dealt with, the Navy, well, the military can really break you. Mm -hmm. It can make you feel very insecure, very low for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's what I don't want. It's it's already enough of that going on. Right. And I don't want that. But it just really depends on the type of person, I guess, that I'm dealing with. And it's because, like I said, anybody that comes in my life that I know like that and that I care for, I've already gauged their personalities and I know them. Say, for instance, my sister. Mm-hmm. I love my sister to death, but the military <laughs> is not for her. Absolutely not. She's not waking up before noon, and she is more of the I'm. I work, but it has to be a stay at home job. There is no getting up, getting ready for work, driving to work. She got two kids that she got to drop off. She's not doing it. She's not doing it. Half the time, she don't even want to take kids to school. She will, if somebody will volunteer to come pick them up and take them to school, then she's perfectly fine with that. So it just really depends on the type of person. She's an amazing mother. She's an amazing sister, amazing woman in general. She's loved by anybody who meets her. Love it. But she is not the, she's not the traditional structural mom. Like they don't have dinner time. They don't mm-hmm. have all that good stuff. She kind of like let their personalities blossom as is. The only time they do have is a bedtime because her patience <laughs> is this thin. So they, the structural type of person, that is not her. That is not her. So no. And then I have a baby sister. <laughs> Complete opposite of both of us. Now you think I'm a Barbie doll? She's a fucking Barbie doll. And she's not giving up her nails. She's not giving up her weave. She's not giving up her makeup. She's not doing that. She's complete, prissy, yeah, 24-7. Right on. She's not doing that. So it's not, this, but she don't mind structure. Like, she worked three jobs. You know oh, what I'm saying? get it. So she, she high maintenance. And so, so she, all right, she, she needs those to. jobs she got to, to maintain. Right. So, um... She's not military <laughs> material either. Two different personalities, but neither one of them are military personnel personalities. So it just really depends on the type of young lady I'm talking to. Because then there's me. And, you know, if I meet somebody that's like me, who, like I said, I just, I always had this, like, mother mentality or whatever. And it's, this, Mama J. Mama J. <laughs> and this uh, different, like, I just want to, I just want to learn more of the world all the time. And I always want to just get myself into certain situations so I'll see how I handle it differently and stuff like that. Not like confrontation, but just different scenarios and shit like that. Like, I'm not afraid to take on a new project at work. 
Right like, on. they know they can throw me anywhere. And again, I'm resilient. I'm going to fucking thrive. And if I can't <laughs> figure it out, I'm going to find somebody who knows so they can teach me how to figure it out. I don't mind. Hey, I don't know. So teach me. <laughs> like, they be like, oh, you know, you just got to. Don't give me the answers either. Like, show me. <laughs> show me so I know. So I can pass it on to whoever is right coming on. after me or whatever. But you got to have that type of mentality, that type of personality, if you're going to be successful as a black woman in the military. The only thing I got to work on is just not taking shit offensively. <laughs> and I just take everything offensively. Because don't tell me I can't do shit. I can do it. You just ain't teaching me right. Like, but I know I can do it. They let you to stop that. But Would you say that this was developed over time? Like, looking back at your 17-year-old self, would you say that she was uh, military material? No. because. <laughs> Not that, only because, like I said, I was a mom, a mama's girl, but I didn't realize how much I was a mama's girl until they took my mom away from me, military took my mom away from me, because, like I said, that was just, deal, like, other family issues, but like I said, mm-hmm. me and my mom has always been together, always been close, she's tattooing my body, like, that's, <laughs> she's me, I am her, and so, there's, like, even when I was a young toddler, like, she was like, you don't let nobody hold you, not even your daddy, like, only me, she was like, you had an attitude, people got touching you, pinch back you're like don't touch me don't look at me unless you my mom and so she's like she's just always been out front of me so but I've always wanted my own independence and so like I said I was excited about leaving and then they was like hey where do you want to go and I was like the first place from Mississippi that I can go it was like well we can send you overseas to Japan I was like bet I want to go and then I was excited, like, oh, my God, I'm getting away from mom. I get to, like, be an adult. I get to do this. And I was just thinking, like, also, I'm thinking I'm going to get me an apartment and a car in fucking Japan. <laughs> you just, and you just talking. And, but it wasn't until I was there. I was just like, fuck. And then cried the first couple I was months. Like, what did I do? Like, and then, like, I'm, I'm, like, when I'm really, really sad in the middle of the day, it's, like, four o'clock in the fucking morning for her. So I can't just call her and talk about it. Then... I don't have an American number. You have to use like an app and it don't always work. Yep. I was just like, yep. <laughs> it was so hard. It was so hard for me. At that point in time, no, I don't think I was ready for my independence. Cause like I literally was going through like a mental like thing. Like I was literally doing everything I could on that ship to get off. I was mm-hmm. telling them I was crazy. <laughs> I was, I was seeing a psychologist and I only had been in the Navy for like five months and I was already seeing a psychologist they had already put me on like Ambien and shit because I was wow. sleep like I couldn't sleep oh, for days. They put me on Ambien, they put me on Trazodone. Like I was really going through it. Wow. And but I threw myself in that fire. Now I could have either went one or two directions. Gladly I went the positive direction. Right, with it, right. And I just grew the fuck up. I was like, hey, you here? Ain't nothing we can do about it. They ain't gonna change it. You gonna be here for at least three years. Get your shit together because. <laughs> You ain't going home. <laughs> so, yeah. I think I should have been better prepared. That's on my mama. She should have better prepared me. <laughs> you were 17. Like, like she should have better prepared me for that shit. Because I was not ready. I was not ready. That kind of answers this next question, which is, let's say you were just starting your life out on your own, and you were presented with the chance to join the service for the first time. Knowing what you know now, would you join? No. <laughs> God damn. That was easy though. I'll take my that ass. That was so school. quick. It was immediate. 
I take my ass to school. And if I was to join, it would definitely be officer. Definitely wouldn't be enlisted. Right. But on, I would definitely right. go to school, get my degree, and then see where that takes me first. And if that career doesn't start off and rock it off like I wanted to, I would probably join. But it would definitely be as an officer, not as enlisted. Enlisted really is just it's trash as fuck. So anybody mm-hmm. watching this or listening to this that <laughs> thinks that they may want to join, I'm telling you, do not do enlisted. Is they don't pay you enough to go through the shit that you go through. You're right. Do I don't care right. if you khaki, senior chief, mass chief, don't go enlisted. <laughs> Yo, get your degree first, then join as an officer. That's the only thing that makes your military career worth anything. Facts. So, just telling you. The pay is better. Uh, pay is better. I was better. They, I don't even see my officer until lunchtime. Maybe after lunchtime. He comes when he wants to. He don't got to answer nobody. And he leaves when he wants to. What like life. it's it's annoying, and he makes like three times as much as I do. And what I was life. like, and I'm working out. I'm here before the fucking sun comes up, mm-hmm. and you come strolling in here because little Timmy stumped his toe this morning, <laughs> and so you had to stay behind. Like you get to tend to your family when you're an officer. I would say I know people with kids with flu, and they'd be like, "Look, bring them to the ship." Wow. <laughs> no, I'm just fucking playing. wow. <laughs> I'm just playing. But no, seriously, like, they were like, okay, well, you can take him to the ho- the doctor at the hospital, but bring us the doctor's note, and then whenever he is good to go or whatever, you get a babysitter or whatever, your significant other come home, you need to still come to work. So many checks. The fuck? Like, <laughs> I just told you my child is sick with the flu. I don't, I don't think you hurt me. No, right. we, we heard you. We still need you to come in, though. We heard you. We just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. But at least now you're on your you're on the path to being an officer. So yes, for sure, because there was no way y'all getting me for another ten years of doing this shit. <laughs> There's no way, no way. Heard that? Come on, degrees, <laughs> certificates, qualifications. Right. I see you. In the beginning of your career, when you needed guidance and mentorship, were those resources provided for you, or did you have to seek them out? Yes and no. Okay. So. The official, like, guidance and stuff like that, like, military, that the military offers, mm-hmm. no, I didn't have that information. However, comma, I did have a great mentor, two, actually, two great mentors that I met when I was in Japan, and both of them are a credit to my success now right on. and the path that I did decide to choose. One more so for my personal growth and one for my professional. So I met this... uh I think she was a third class at the time. I was an airman fresh on board. She was a third class. She's now an officer. Right on. I just, she's from Georgia. (laughs) She's from Georgia. and A southern girl. Come on. She was. And um, obviously I'm young, impressionable on the ship. I already want to be there or whatever. But when I did get out of my funk and I started like meeting friends and stuff, like the guys, they, there are some predators in yeah. the military. And I'm mm-hmm. telling y'all, like, it is... Just because they're wearing a uniform, don't make them good good people. Not and at all. And <laughs> so, me being young, I, I think I had just turned 18. Drinking age over there is 19. So, I still wasn't old enough to drink. But they were definitely getting me drunk over there. And mm-hmm. the guys were definitely trying to shoot their shot. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm a wholesome girl or anything like that. But I wasn't having sex like that back then i did have sex. yeah you were fresh out of mississippi yeah i i did have a little sex on a little country girl night. from the middle of nowhere right i had you sex were wholesome on my enough. senior prom night for the first time 
And I told my mom about this, so she heard, she she already knew. So by the time I got to Japan, you know, I didn't know nothing about nothing. And all these guys are giving me alcohol and they give me all this attention and all this other stuff. And they had a little rank on them or whatever. So I'm just trying to fit in at this point. Like, right. I, I'm just right. trying to, like, you know, make friends. Yeah. I want to be a part of the crowd. I want to be in the popular crowd or whatever. I was impressionable <laughs> as fuck. So Once it's, again, very young. Yeah. Right. It took this, uh, at the time, like I said, she was a third class, but she was a little bit more beyond her years at the time. And I think I was, what, 19, I mean, 18, she was like 24. Okay. She had been there a while. So she pulled me to the side and she took me on her wing. Very respected on the ship. She was only a third class, but she was one of those third classes that she, they always kept her in the leadership role. They always knew she was going to be great. She was very good at her job. Me and her work, we were both ABFs. And when she came to me, I was literally like thrilled and honored that she wanted me as her little protege. Yeah. And so she taught me a lot. And because of that, like I said, I'm always ready to learn, blah, blah, blah. I got really good at my job, like super good. Everything started making sense. She understood my language, me and her both being from the South or whatever. She understood how to teach me, how it was going to connect to me, how it was going to relate to me. Because people just giving me numbers and mm-hmm. data, that yeah. shit don't stick. Oh, this pump does this, this, and this. It operates this RPM. This is it. This is another pump. And it operates this RPM. This, and this over here. I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. Right. Like, Explain you're it. telling me information, but I'm telling you now, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, I'm a hands-on operation type of person. Mm-hmm. And so, the way she was breaking it down to me and, and explaining it to me, I was like, man, this shit easy as fuck. Like, <laughs> where you been all my life? <laughs> so... And then she taught me the way of, like, the guys on the boat because she was another attractive young woman on the boat. So she went through the same thing I was going through at the time. Mm -hmm. And so I only hung out with her. Well, I started hanging out with her and her group of friends, and it literally kept me from going a different direction. Because, like I said, at the Mm -hmm. time, all the guys were giving me attention. I was out all the every weekend with the guys and, you know, some of the girls that were known for certain things on the boat and stuff like that. But at the Mm -hmm. time, I didn't know. So when she saw me getting with the wrong crowd, she pulled me out of it. And then she put me with her and her crowd. And we all still had a great time. But I think if she didn't step in when she stepped in, me being so young, me being so impressionable, my reputation would have went a different way. Okay. So she pulled me out of that. Now, then I became, I made rank. I got my pins. I became a very respected operator. Right on. And so for that... I always will appreciate her. She knows she knows who I'm talking about. Is this a sister? Yeah, she but hell Come yeah. on. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yes. And um, <laughs> Come so on, Georgia. All I, right. I, I created a lot of my personal growth out there to her. But then I had a black male uh, leader. I mean, mentor as well. Okay. And at, he was a uh, first class. And mm-hmm. I was only, at that time, I was only a third class. And he was like, look, the Navy's all politics. He's he was like, I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to do. Because I was a great operator, mm-hmm. but I still was getting my evaluation. These white guys were still getting evaluations higher than me. And I couldn't understand why. Because I know I did my job better than they did. I knew I knew more about the job better than they did. But however come, I'm still not getting my just due over these guys. And that right. shit was pissing me off. And I was like, at this point, I know there's nothing I can do about it. I'm black. I'm a woman. I'm in a male-dominant rate. There ain't nothing I can do about it. And I met him. And he's like, girl, there's so much you can do about it. He's like, I'm going to put you on and show you exactly how to, to fuck the Navy. <laughs> so where they, ain't got, they ain't got no choice 
but to give you your fucking flowers. Like, they will literally have right to on. justify why they can't give you something. When I say he was throwing calls and calls after me, like, I'm going to get you this call, this call, this call, Come this on. call. <laughs> but this was outside of my rate because I was only thinking in my rate. I just need to know my job. He was like, nah. He was like, you got to expand your mind. You brother was looking it. out. We love to see it. You about to get this for the command. You about to get this for the ship. You need to join this group. You need to be the vice president <laughs> or the president of this group. You need to get your pins. You need to come work in the suit. You need to get into this 3M. 3M is the biggest thing ever. <laughs> like he, I was just like, the fuck? I was like, I'm only in third class. Like 3M is for E5 and Buck. He's like, you going to get this call and you going to do this and you going to do this. And like, As a third class, you going to be in that position. He's like, at that point, all the motherfuckers downstairs is turning fucking valves. They ain't going to have shit on you. You up here, you running it. You running it. I was like, all right, bet. So literally, he sat me down. He taught me how to do it, what I needed to do. And just like that, I became like, I kept being like number two MP, number one MP. I became number two, number one EP. Like, I I was the first junior sailor in my division to get both my pins being dual qualified. Like, he, like, literally amazing. And he has literally been, always been there. Even now, he's retired now. But still, right on. in my career, in my ear, what you doing next? What's the next thing? <laughs> so, he knows who he, who he is, too. Shout That's out to you, up. TJ. <laughs> Shouts out to, to, to uh, uh, TJ. TJ. I love it. Even now. I- enjoy still. retirement, sir. Yes. Have you been able to make friends with other black lady veterans? And are you purposeful about building your village? Hell yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So, um, actually, my... um. One of my great friends, Melissa, she is getting ready to retire this year. And we just been linking up a lot lately because I don't know what her plan is, if she's going to stay in Norfolk after she retires or not. But, um, like, she just also had a birthday. And her birthday thing was all her friends, who majority of us are military. She was like, I just want to have us a... It was a nude black... Not nude, like no clothes, like nude colors. New color, like, black theme party. She did candles. Like, we all had to have, like, poof balls or some kind of Afrocentric hairstyle. Nice. And then um, we all had to, like, wear a different shade of brown or whatever. Yeah. And we just celebrated in our blackness, in our womanness, in our strength. It was so amazing. So, uh... This sounds lovely. It was, it was like, look, let me tell you, it was a vibe, y'all. Nice. My hair caught on fire at the party. Get the fuck That was the highlight <laughs> of the night. But it was a good time. It was a good time. We was drunk. She had candles everywhere, bro. She had candles everywhere. My ass leaning, trying to fucking get some ice, and my hair caught on fire. Oh, oh shit. So, it's all good. We had good. We put it out. I stopped dropping rolls. We was good. And the wig still was intact. Jay. Everything was good. That's the important part. That was like, I was just like, you know, it's half of it gone. She was like, girl, I can't even tell. That was cool. We good. And that was right. You know, we it's black women. Everybody had wig glue. They had spray. They was ready to go. So they got oh me back right. And we was back in the night. We was having a good time. But. Um, no, I love that this yeah, story it was. was just, <laughs> it was. It was a great night, man. It was a really good night. You but, just described a really good night and your hair catching yes, on fire. Yes. <laughs> I love it. So her retirement is coming up and we're all like super excited to get, like, get together again and be in the same room. We have like a little group chat and shit like that. Like I just announced to them that I got promoted. So we're going to go celebrate Hell that yeah. shit. Hell and yeah. And we got her retirement coming up. It's just, then we got another one. She just graduated and getting love her it. degree. So come on. Yeah, Sisters man, with degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it. For sure. We out here with a purpose and I love See that. It. I love that for us. 
Same. Can't wait to see you, Melissa. <laughs> Is Melissa the one that's uh, retiring? Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, shouts out to Melissa. Thank, <laughs> thank you for, for your service. <laughs> Tell me a war story. A story where you were tested but came out on top. Unfortunately, this was a story with another black man, and I hate that too because we knew each other back in my first command. He was one of the one of my friends back in Japan or whatever, and we ended up link, um, getting back on the same command re- recently. Okay. So we knew each other back in Japan, and now we're on the same ship now. And um, so when I heard that he was coming, I was thrilled. I was like, oh, yeah, I get to see him again, catch up, blah, blah, blah. And that's just what it was in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Old friends catching up. That's what's now, up. Now, at the time, I was a second class, and he's a chief, so we still had to keep that professional boundary. But I know mm-hmm. I knew him back when. I knew him when he was a second class, and I was a third and all the other stuff. So yeah. we, had, we had prior history or whatever. So I was excited that I was going to be working with him again. And... I don't know, like, life, I guess, changes people, experiences changes people, whatever, so they're not still the same person that you knew back then, or whatever. Me, I'm pretty consistent. Right. I mean, I grow mentally, and I grow, you know, spiritually and all that, but at the end of the day, I'm still the same person. My personalities mm-hmm. don't switch up. <laughs> so, um, I don't know, like, I guess, because of my hope that, you know, hey, this is somebody I know I got a relationship with, I thought things were going to be different. Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, he is just not that person anymore. Mm. But I didn't know that. Right. So, we started bumping heads really, really bad. Like, so bad that, like, I'm concerned that at this point I might lose the chevrons that I got. Mm. Because we was going at it. And I have to respect him as my superior officer. But fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like fuck all of that because a lot of situations he was just completely fucking out of line and mm-hmm. like I said I don't care what your rank is you out of line with me I'm gonna fucking tell you right on so we got into it a lot a lot a lot a lot and he already made a COVID deployment more stressful for me mm-hmm. so when we got back from deployment or whatever like I said I was gonna stick it out for my kid for, for my sailors not my kids for my sailors <laughs> Until then, because I didn't want to stick them with somebody else that didn't know somebody else that they couldn't work with or whatever. So I stuck out deployment for them, and I stayed in my position for them. But as soon as we came back, and I didn't have to be there, I I had required, look, I told my I sat my shoe down, and I was like, look, this motherfucker is making things hard for me. When I say it was a, it was situation after situation after situation after mm-hmm. situation, I said, my chief, I'm going to get in trouble if I have to keep working for him. And I said, and, um, instead of me allowing that to happen and keeping my fucking mouth closed, because I know this is what they want me to do, mm-hmm. I'm coming to you now and I'm asking you to put me in a, in a different position because it's not going to be good. And she was just like, I think you and him just need to have a conversation. And I'm just like, okay, okay. So that's what we did. We had a conversation and he apologized. Shocked me, but he did. Okay. So I was like, okay, well maybe, you know, I might be all right, my chief. I, we, we good. We had a conversation. He apologized. I'm going to fall back. I'm going to stay where I'm at. That shit lasts like three days. And we was back <laughs> at it again. I said, Mashi, no, move me. She was like, what happened? I told her what happened. She was just like, oh, let me just talk to Mashi. <laughs> move me. I'm telling y'all now, move me. Because if, like, I'm, I'm going to put my hands on him or I'm going to have somebody put their hands on him. <laughs> so, move me. And so she did. She 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 moved me, but she was like, you know, most people aren't brave enough. They sit in discomfort 
and they don't say anything because this is somebody superior to them. They write their evals, they do this, this, and this, and they just sit there and they take it. Or they allow them to like treat them a certain type of way and they just keep their mouths closed because they want a good eval. Mm-hmm. Or they, they do everything that they they know they don't want to do because it's going to be appeasing to that person. Right. No. Right. No. I'm just not that person. And so, <laughs> thankfully, my master chief, me and her, got the same type of personality. So, when I came to her with the situation she did, she moved me, and now I work directly for master chief. I'm right asked to nobody but master chief. If you ain't, if she ain't said it, I don't want to hear it. Right on. And so, um, and then now that person has to go through me to get the master chief. <laughs> so, like, when chief won a meeting, you talked to ABF2 yet? Well, ABF1 now, you talked to her? Cause she didn't tell me nothing about we had a meeting. And I was like, well, I said, Matt, she ain't coming to me about no damn meeting. She was like, well, schedule her next week. She'll let you know if I got some free time and I'll squeeze you in. And so, um, but she was, she applauded me for being brave enough to say something. She was like, cause most women sit in that male dominant mm-hmm. role yep. and they don't say anything. They just take it. They just take yep. it. They just take it. And then she was just like, I could tell she like you a fighter. She like you just not gonna let nobody do you know type of way because she just checked on board. So she don't she was well, she been here a little minute now. By the time she was just freshly on board, and like I said, thankfully she was just one of the women who get me her personality and my personality are just identical. Right on. And so she was just like I applaud you for not. She was like one I applaud you for not reacting first, <laughs> and then we got a whole other situation. She said, but you come to me. And you told me straight up how it was. And he was like, she was like, you even try to give him another chance. And she was like, but when you know something don't work for you, you know something don't work for you. She was like, most people won't say shit. And they just take it, especially women. Right. So she was like, I applaud you for like saying something, not taking no for an answer. She was like, you're getting yourself out of that situation. Because I'm not the only one who sees it. He has a problem, for real. Right something on. wrong with that man. And it's, it's crazy because like he was not like this. I don't know what happened in his life, but he need to go see counseling or something. I yeah. don't know. He should talk to somebody because nobody should be that damn unhappy. <laughs> that they're making other people unhappy yes. as well? Yes. It's like, don't bring that shit here. I don't know what you got going on at home. I don't know if it's wifey because he's one of those ones who married like a Japanese national and shit while he was over there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that situation is, but... <laughs> But don't bring it here. Don't right. bring this shit here. Like we, we happy over here. Right. We harmon- we right. harmonious. We all have a good time. Like, right if you on. don't want to do that, just stay in your office, close the door, and just don't interact with people. Right on. Because you are not a people's person. You bring down all. the vibe. And I'm not that type of person. And don't put me in a room with that type of person. So <laughs> I ain't gonna filter. No, I feel you. But feel just you. being brave enough to get yourself out of uncomfortable situations is that's a win. Yeah, it's a win. That's a win. I love it's it. A win. The Master Chief. Yeah. She a sister? Well, she's Dominican. Okay. Hey. So, yeah. Look, help comes from everybody. Yeah. People are allies, you know. Yes. No matter what. She's amazing. That's what's up. Do you feel that the way you have been treated has improved with rank? Yeah. Yeah, you definitely get more respect as you go up. Yes. And I think only because I'm a woman, they respect me more because I have rank. But I know there's men in there who is like junior sailors, airmen, third classes, whatever. But because they're men and they're skilled in the type of job that we have, they respect their opinions off rip. As if opposed to a younger woman that's an airman or a third class who may know their job as well or know that skill. But mm-hmm. they oftentimes assume that because she's a woman, she does not know. 
and she don't get hurt, she don't get respect respected. Her opinion doesn't get respected mm-hmm. as much. Cause I'm in like a what do you call it? Ugh. Like we work with pumps and tools and shit like that. You sound like a mechanic a little bit. Well, there is a lot of mechanic work. Okay, yeah. so, engineer type work. Well, yeah, yeah, engineering type of work. Because I work in a, a pump room. Well, now I'm... You're about to completely switch lives. You're going from a mechanic-based uh, <laughs> career to nursing? Mm-hmm. Lady, you are I w- doing me, it. I didn't want to be in that shit. I got tricked to be in that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, hell, I was there. I was going to make the best of a resilient. Hey, okay. Look, and so, you made rank in, yeah, in this yeah. career field. So, I don't know shit. I didn't know shit about mechanics until I got <laughs> into that shit. I ain't never picked up a wrench before in my life. But Bam, now... You, you're a first class yeah, in that shit now. Yeah, now, look... <laughs> Don't don't try me. I right? <laughs> fix this whole goddamn house up. <laughs> so so um yeah, it's just oftentimes they don't see women as knowing anything in this rate. But some women love to do shit like this, and they look like me, yeah. and they love to do shit like that. So I'm not one of them. I had to learn to love it, but they love it, but they don't get that respect. But then there's you know a white guy who's the son of a mechanic, and his grandfather owned two car dealerships like some shit like that <laughs> and so they just come in and me as the first class and i'm telling them something 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 and it was like well what do you think airman such and such wow and like Fucking i don't wow. give a fuck what he thinks like, <laughs> ain't nobody asked him that <laughs> like i don't give a fuck what he thinks like it's just that it's just that type of situation just because like i said it's a it is a male dominant right. environment so i'll be like it's a struggle. I really feel bad for my little junior girls, but they 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 be holding their own. Right you know on. They learn from my. They got a good leader though. That, that's what I'm talking about. Everybody get equal voices if you work for me. That's everybody. what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> and most of the time, the women is right. I'm just, saying, <laughs> just you know. Got to listen to women. You got it. All right. So you do know that the way that you've been treated has improved with rank. We mm-hmm. got that. Do you feel this improvement would have happened sooner had you been a different race? And or gender. Hell yeah. <laughs> if I was a white man, I would be Mick Pond by now. <laughs> With your yeah. knowledge base? Yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 I've been Mick Pond if I was a white man. My God. <laughs> <laughs> because you did have a lot of qualifications and certifications as just a third. Mm-hmm. And now you're a first. With all that, plus rank, yeah, plus time and service. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Has there, has there ever been a tough situation that you were in where another sister helped you out? Or a situation where you helped another sister out. Yeah, the Jag was a sister. They what? Got the yeah, she Why asked. would you leave that out? <laughs> no, my, my victim's advocate was a white girl. Okay. The Jag, the one that got me off the ship in The one days. that told you all those options that yeah, you had. she was a sister. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. And she went after their heads after I was off the ship. She was like, I ain't gonna do that now because you're still here. You still gotta come to work. She said, as soon as you're gone... I'm getting to that. I'm gonna fuck him up. <laughs> she did. She really did. Oh, I love to see it. Yeah, I love to see that. I love it. I love it. Come on. And then of course, yeah, I'm always helping out the sisters, especially them young impressionable black girls that check check on board. Like I said, I've been in that situation, so I see them go left a lot. So <laughs> it's I, easy to right. Right. So I'm always pulling them to side. Like I said, they call me Mama J. Like you always in my business, but they love. They love me. <laughs> Every problem they have, oh my God, it's sometimes I can't even do my job. <laughs> like, Ava, can you talk? I, I, something happened this weekend. I'm like, oh my God, what happened? <laughs> Especially relationships. 
Look, they know that they can come they to you. They love coming to me for their relationship love advice it. or whatever. And I was like, I don't understand why because I'm so single. But they, <laughs> but they know me. I'm going to give them the real. And hey, some, some, most of the time it should be working. Good, Jay, good. You've, so, you've created a, an I environment did. where, I, where look, these young ladies My girls ain't going to be hoes. Look, at the end of the day, they not gonna be hoes. They not gonna have no reputation for being a hoe. They gonna be respected the same way the the one before the girl from Georgia. How yeah. she helped me. She's like, you ain't gonna be no hoe. You about to learn your job. You about to be doing this, this, and this, this. And that's what she what she gave me. I took that and I have literally carried it on because you're absolutely right. Especially being a black woman, we're not going to be hoes. I love we're not going to do that. I love it. I love it. You don't need to do that to get ahead. Thank you. Just know your goddamn job, <laughs> learn your job, and be great at that shit. Amen. So I definitely, uh-uh, we ain't doing that. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Tell me something you wish you had known before joining the service. Like I said, predators can be anybody. Yeah. I wish I would have saw that one coming because there's so many, like, you, you feel safe and you feel protected with these men that you work with false sense of security right especially they got rank you think they're there to protect you Mm -hmm. they don't see you that way they see you as you know little sister or Mm -hmm. young not nah they see you they see you just like any Mm -hmm. other predator sees you Mm -hmm. and they really they feed on that they feed that they Mm -hmm. know that you're, you feel safe with them mm-hmm. because of who they are to you. Mm-hmm. And they definitely put you in compromising positions. So I wish I wouldn't have been so naive with that fact when I first joined. Because yeah. that first six months I was there was hell. The first three months, I'm ready to go home. Three months after that, I just wanted to be a part of the team, the crowd, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And I, I made a lot of mistakes, did a lot of dumb shit. So, yeah, those men are not... They not, they not always got your best interest at, at heart. You're right. I'm sorry, you've already answered this one, but the question is, do you feel that you are a better leader than the ones you grew under? Hell yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you answered. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, Jay. Are there any sisters in service that inspire you? Yeah. Um, my master chief before, this current master chief, they know each other too, but she's a black lady. Nice. My um world she was she's a uh, more the religious type though so she kept me rooted in <laughs> no seriously she kept me rooted in the word because me growing up in mississippi we went to church every sunday no not even every, every wednesday Sunday, <laughs> bible study bible <laughs> school vacation everything we, we was in church church and our church was literally 200 yards up the road so we walked to church every time the church doors was open was in there we was in there front row ready to learn blah 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 so, first thing I do when I moved to a different city, the first thing I did when I went to Japan, especially because I did, had a disconnect from my family, was I always find, I want to find the best restaurants. <laughs> but then, second thing I do is I find me a church. I don't care how many churches I got to go to. I will go to different ones every Sunday until I find somewhere, somewhere where I'm comfortable. Right. And I feel home. Mm-hmm. And I did. And that's what I do that every now, even here. I got, a, I got a church home here. I had one in Jacksonville. I had one before here when I came the first time. Had a church home in, in um, Japan. Believe it or not, they got a Baptist <laughs> church in Japan where it's majority black people. Right on. So my master chief, though, the one before the one I got now. Yes. When you go on deployment, that shit is hard, like being out there and being separated, especially during covid but my master chief, she was, I guess you could say our pastor. She was our preacher. 
So every Sunday she did, she stuck, she do her word. Like we had our work relationship, but then we had our spiritual relationship was complete and which she knew and we both understood was completely different. Mm-hmm. She knew how to separate being my leader in in spirit and being my leader at work. So when we were together at church or we was in Bible study or whatever, I wasn't AVF two or my junior sailor, I was sister, you know, whatever. <laughs> And so, and she allowed everybody to have a voice, but she is just, she definitely kept me rooted. She, she you know, my mom, she <laughs> let, let her know, like, she good, she covered, she made sure I, I was at Bible study every Wednesday on, on the ship. We was at church, I sing in the choir, I sing in every choir every time. You're a singer? I can keep a note. <laughs> I can keep a note. But, but if you go to karaoke, you're you not going to embarrass yourself? Um, nah, not for sure. Y'all gonna be vibing. Everybody gonna be vibing with it. But I joined the choir every ship I go to. I joined the gospel choir or whatever. And she just made sure she kept me on that track. Because it's so hard to get so distracted. And it's it's hard to stay encouraged mm-hmm. on there. Because mm-hmm. after working all day, you tired and you just want to go home. I mean, well, not go home. Go to your rack and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. Or just have you some free, some me time. She's like, uh, God going to get his time. I don't care if you late for work. <laughs> you going to give him his time first. <laughs> And then you're going to go to Navy and do whatever you want to do, blah, blah, blah. So even if she had to come get me out the burden. Lord. She has to pass my burden to go to the chapel. She'll knock on the door, get me ready. I'm like, Matthew, I'm literally in the bathroom. Put my hair in the bathroom. She was like, all right, you need, we start in 10 minutes. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. I promise you. So. A leader. She was. She was. But. I appreciate her for that because it definitely kept me rooted in my, in like how I was brought up and you know the things that that means the most to me, the things I value the most, which is definitely God is number one. So all right, yeah, I appreciate her for that because right. honestly, if I didn't have somebody on my ass, I probably <laughs> I would have went, but like I would not been as faithful as I was. You would have slept in on Sunday morning. No, I would have done some Sundays. <laughs> Took some Sundays off. She wouldn't have it. Like no, I'm gonna show up for Easter. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, because you know, a lot of black people only come to church once a year. Yeah. Easter. Easter, Easter Mother's Day, uh, what was Christmas, Christmas, yeah, CME, <laughs> Christmas, Mother's Day, and Easter. That's it. That's all you're going to get. All right, Jay, tell me, if you were conducting this interview from where I'm sitting, mm-hmm. what would you have asked you that I didn't ask you? What did I miss? What did I forget to cover? Honestly, well, not from my perspective, but just by, because I know so many women, especially black women. Mm-hmm. In the military, you know that relationship, and from back home, especially for either you're you're in the service and your partner's not, or vice versa, mm-hmm. that is a hard thing to deal with. And the, all the infidelity that goes on, mm-hmm. the failed marriages, failed relationship, you have kids in it, like that's a big deal in the military right now. Mm-hmm. Especially me being on four ships, I've seen it. And like the, these guys, like they're they're not bad guys. Like they good guys is just. <laughs> they out, they gone for 10 months plus or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for them. And then these young girls are just throwing themselves at them or some <laughs> shit like that. Or vice versa, the young guys going out. You know, it, it's it's all the same. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, like I said, it's, the, it's, that, it's due to that, again, that protection of black women. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Her significant other making her feel secure or have that feeling of having somebody faithful mm-hmm. and honest or whatever. That is a big, big issue to me in, in the military Agreed. that a lot of people just don't talk about. 
That's again another reason why I'm single. Cause I don't trust none of y'all. I don't trust none of y'all. Like it's just not no, no. I don't want to date in the military. Date civilians. Okay. So cause yeah, no. As a civilian, a new civilian, we ain't shit neither. <laughs> right, y'all be waiting on the wife and husband to go, baby. When you going to deployment again? Just texting Sasha. Yeah, she she leaving in August. <laughs> She won't be back until about April, May next year. So Lord. We got we got all this time. Lord. Yeah, civilian trash took no man. <laughs> all right, Mama J. Mm-hmm. All right. Is there anything you would like to leave our audience with? Um, always be yourself. Don't be afraid to be yourself. Even especially for you black women. Like, it's okay that they don't understand this. They don't have to. They don't gotta get it, but you're you're not gonna be happy unless you've been your authentic self. Don't change. Don't try to appease other people. Be you, be beautiful, be loving, be a goddess, be all of that. Be loud. Cause <laughs> they trying to they trying to silence us, they're trying to shut us down. Be loud. Loud as you want to be. Be confident. That's just really it. I love it. I love it. That's a word. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Amen. 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 Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for for inviting me into your beautiful home with the beautiful car out front. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for getting dressed for this interview. Y'all, she is gorgeous right now, and I came in my regular people clothes. With my fuzzies on. Girl, get the hell out of here. You just walk around the house looking like this? This is my little house gown. I'm so mad right now. (laughs) It's just a little sundress. It's hot in Virginia. I'm I'm big mad now (laughs) because she looks like this and this is just her house clothes and I came looking like a regular human being. (laughs) So I'm going to go ahead and get out of here because now I'm intimidated. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't know. This ain't that beloved in open space over here. It was lovely talking to you. Thank you for inviting me in your home. Thank you for sitting down with me. Uh, And for all of our uh, service members out there and listeners and audience, I guess this is a bye now. (laughs) And that concludes this episode of the Season Vet Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. And a special thank you to ABF1J for sharing her story and taking the time to make this interview possible. Now, if you are or know a black lady veteran who would like to sit down with me and be a part of the show, please email me at seasonvetpodcast at gmail.com, or you can call or text message me at 713-254-0970. You can also find, follow, and inbox me, the Season Vet, across all platforms of social media. That's at Real Season Vet on Twitter, at Season Vet Podcast on Instagram, at Season Vet Podcast on TikTok, at Season Vet on YouTube, Season Vet on Facebook. Y'all, I'm so out there, I'm even on Spoutable. That's at the Season Vet on Spoutable. Now, if you like what you heard, please like it, share it, rate it, and leave a good review on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And if you're hearing this episode on the day that it drops, then you're listening to it on the 75th anniversary of Alice Coachman becoming the first black woman to win an Olympic gold medal. In 1948, Alice Coachman set an American record in the event of high jumping by clearing a height of 5 feet 6 and 1 8 inches. As a well-rounded athlete, Coachman was also a star sprinter in the events of the 50-meter dash, the 100-meter dash, and the 4x1 relay team. A combination of these events is why she was able to retire from track and field in 1948 with a total of 25 national titles. After retiring from track and field, Coachman went on to teach elementary and high school. She passed away in 2014 at the age of 90. Thank you again for tuning in, and until next time, fall out.